Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Victorious Ones podcast. This is this is the intersection where sports meets gaming, gaming meets uh, meets comics, meets movies, meets inspiration. Also, you know, of course, including the word with which includes the word of wisdom. I go by the name of King Von Jr. You can follow me on social media on Twitter at three on one King Von Jr. on Instagram at Mr. King Von Jr. You can also follow the podcast Instagram page at Victorious Ones podcast. And of course, I'm also the social media producer for the Unpopular Reviews Wrestling Show, Perfect Plex Talk Radio. Um, which, you know, of, of, of course, of course, which which comes which comes on six o'clock Mondays. And without further ado, I'm going to continue my series of NBA top tens. This time, we're going to dive into the top ten power forwards of all time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again, uh, you know, of course, uh, for, for following. Uh, the Victorious Ones podcast. My name is Kane Von Jinger, and of course, here I am to present um, another installment of my NBA Top 10 series. And of course, we're near the finish line. This time, we are dealing with the top 10 power forwards of all time. So, um, the, you know, there were certain, certain uh, positions that I would say, you know, were more debatable than others, um, you know, but, but for the most part, I've already formulated this list naturally you know already um you know you know for the most with with many of my lists uh for for that for that matter and so of course <clears throat> of course uh, of course i'm going to start off like i do you know going from going from 10 to 1 um sorry about that you know um, of course like i said i'm starting off starting off uh, going you know go, uh, going from 10 to 1 um and in this case starting off at number 10 you know it was definitely definitely a pick Number ten was, you know, was, was you know, it's kind of debatable. I was kind of going back and forth between certain names, but the more I looked into this guy's uh, impact on the game, um, his resume, you know, not not just when it comes to championships, obviously, but also, um, you know, when, when it comes to ac- individual accolades like MVPs, you know, a certain run of uh, level of dominance that he had, um, that he uh, that he had, and so I would have to go with number ten. Um, you could make this guy power forward, you know, stretch four. You know, some may consider him a center, kind of varies back and forth, you know, like several people on this list. Um, this one is none other than Bob McAdoo. And the reason why I'm choosing Bob McAdoo is because of the fact that, um, I, you, know, of, of, you know, of course, he was um, a five-time All-Star. Uh, he was a league MVP in 1975. He was a three-time scoring champion. Um, you know, of, co- of course, with, of course, with the scoring, uh, you know, peaking out, like 34.5 uh, points per game, I believe, during the, um, you know, uh, during the other 1974-75 season. And so, um, you know, so, you know, so of course, you know, so of course, later on in his, in his career, he had become, you know, um, later on, later on in his career, um, you know, of course, of course, he, of course, he became a two-time, two-time NBA champion um, with the Los Angeles Lakers. So, like I say, he's a three-time scoring champion, but uh, between 1974 through 76, you know what I mean? So of course he made he made the All NBA first team in um, in seventy five and second team in, in seventy four. So um you know so, so you know like like I said you know you know of course with this as far as as far as McAdoo had it not been for injuries his numbers would definitely look significantly different. Um you know they they, they certainly look better than than you know than what than what they turned out to be. So he's about a shade under twenty thousand points for his career. Um so you know with that being said McAdoo is number ten on my list. Number nine. A uh, Washington Bullets slash Wizards legend, 
um, you know, as, as, as well as you could say, you know, like one of Houston's original legends, you know, he's the first overall pick in 1968. You know, um, you know, you know, uh, you know. Of course, of course, with, of course, let me slide. Of course, with, of course, with that, be, with that being said, and 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 I, I would say in college, um, this guy, you know, uh, this guy's biggest claim to fame was, you know, was the victory that the victory that um, that that he had as the Houston Cougars defeated Lou Alcindor, later Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's UCLA Bruins, um, 71-69 to snap UCLA's 47-game winning streak. This is also this is also known as the game of the century. And so, um, you know, so the, this game, you know, earned him the moniker, the, um, the, you know, Sporting News College Basketball Player of the Year. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, this guy's biggest claim to fame in college was the fact that he, you know, that, um, you know, was the fact that his team broke uh, broke UCLA's 47-game winning streak at the time. And, of, co- of course, this guy's one of, one of the all-time uh, leading scorers with over 27,000 points. Um, you know, and like I said, he's the first overall, first overall pick for, you know, for at that time, the San Diego Rockets later on the Houston Rockets. But like I seen his, his greatest um, claim to fame, his greatest legacy took place here in the nation's capital, the D.C. area with with the the Baltimore, then later on Washington Bullets, um, you know, of course, where he was instrumental in, you know, instrumental in, um, you know, in, help, in helping the you know, instrumental in helping you know, the Bullets win, uh, win, win their only NBA championship in 1978. Um, so of course this guy's a 12-time NBA All-Star. You know, of course, you know, of course, um, of course he made the all, all NBA first team at least three times, or the second team three times, all defensive, uh, all defensive team twice. Um, you know, of course, you know, of course, like I say, he's, he was a scoring, he's, he's actually the scoring champion his rookie season. Um, and so of course, you know, of course, he was a two-time rebounding leader between 1970 and 74. And this guy, you know, and of course, like I said, um, when it came to scoring, he was certainly the face. Um you know, of that Bullets franchise. And that, without further ado, not to prolong this anymore, I'm talking about none other than the Big E himself, the original Big E, Elvin Hayes. And so, so of course, Elvin Hayes made both uh, uh, both the NBA 50th and 75th anniversary teams. McAdoo just made the 75th anniversary team. He should have been on the 50th, but the NBA, you know, like, you know, of course, of course did, did what was right. And, you know, did, of course, the NBA did, did what was right. And put him on, put him on the seventy fifth team, and so of course, so is so is the Big E, Elvin Hayes, and so of course, at number eight, I'm going to have to go with a guy that you could consider to be sort of like the quintessential um, sidekick, you know, like a, you know, quintessential like six man, you know, one of the greatest low post players uh, in NBA history, you know, and 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 the fact that this guy was um, a three time NBA champion, he was very instrumental when it came to you know, you know, of course, when it came to that Boston Celtics 80s dynasty, along with Larry Bird and Robert Parrish, um, this guy was a seven-time seven All-Star. Um, he was, of course, made the All-NBA first team in 87. He was a three-time All-Defensive uh, first team member, three t- uh, three-time All-Defensive second team member. He was a two-time six-man of the year in 84 and 85. Um, of course, he was named to the 50th and 75th anniversary teams, rightfully so. And, you know, he's, he's some, somebody that, that uh, you know, that, that, that was certainly one of the you know, it was very instrumental in that um, they heated Lakers Celtics rivalry. Um, you know, especially especially with that uh, that game for a clothesline on Kurt Rambis. Now you already know who I'm talking about. You know, this guy's certainly a Hall of Famer, um, as well as the you know as well as well as the other players on my list and future Hall of Famers. Uh, move, you know, uh, you know, coming up pretty soon. But like I said, this guy's already you know already in the Hall of Fame, and I'm referring to none other than Kevin McHale. 
And Kevin McHale is a guy that Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley has gone on record to saying that this is the toughest guy that he ever played against. The toughest guy that, you know, that, that he's ever, that he's ever had to guard or, you know, had, you know, like I said, you know, you know, just, just generally playing against, especially considering the fact that, you know, that, um, that McHale want to play power forward at the same position as Barkley. So it's, it's not, it wasn't him taking anything away from Jordan when he said that, but just when it came to um, specifically players that played the same position as him. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, so of course, like I said, you know, uh, Kevin McHale was certainly one of the, you know, one of the more elite players um, of the, of that generation of the eighties. You know what I mean? He, he, I would say he was second on, at least probably like on the second tier, um, you know, when it, uh, when it came to the when it came to the more to the more elite players um, of, of that time, and so um, it just so happened that you know that, that as great as great as Mikel was, you know of, you know of course you know when, when you when you have a sh- when you have um, a shadow as large as Larry Bird's, you know who you know who was who was certainly the driving figure, the face of that franchise. You know what I mean? It's just like you, you know it's it's hard for me to hard for me to rank you even higher than than where i have you right now just, you know just 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 by just by the fact that that you played in the shadow of, of somebody who's um who's a boston icon but that takes nothing away from kevin McHale's own greatness so for that i have him at number eight at number seven i have um you know somebody who was certainly a building block when it comes to um the early years of the nba a guy who was, you know, who's like at the time the prototype for power forwards. You know, he's still wild, widely regarded as one of the greatest power forwards of all time. He's also the first player to score more than twenty thousand career, um, twenty thousand career points um, in, in NBA history. Obviously, you know, of course, obviously, um, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and so, um, you know, like I said, he was an NBA champion in nineteen fifty eight. You know, a member of of um, of, of right that time the St. Louis Hawks. Um, and, and of course, his championship came at the expense of defeating Bill Russell's Boston Celtics. So that was the so he you know so um, of course Russell is eleven and one in the finals, and the one loss that he has in the finals came from this guy and his and his team. Um, and of course, of course, this guy referring to he's also a, a two time MVP, nineteen fifty six, nineteen fifty nine, eleven time All Star. So he was an All Star each and every season of his career. Um, he was a four-time All-Star Game MVP, 10-time All-NBA first team. That just shows you how, how dominant he was um, at his position at that time. You know, you could, you know, you could argue that, you know, you know, of course, I'm very sure that there are people that will argue that, you know, um, that, that at that time there wasn't as much competition at that position, but still, you know, just adjusting for error, you know, that, that's that's certain. You know, um, that's certainly pretty valuable. Um, obviously, the, he was a rookie of the year at, during his time. He was a two-time NBA scoring champion. And he was also a, a rebounding leader, and of course, you know, of course, uh, you know, of course, he was a member of of the top fifty team, top seventy-five team, and a few other, um, you know, a couple of other uh, NBA all-time teams, like twenty-fifth, thirty-fifth anniversary, or whatever. Um, so, you know, and, and of course, he was UC, uh, he was also uh, LSU's uh, first superstar long before the likes of Pete Maravich and Shaquille O'Neal. And um, like I said, this was the quintessential uh, pioneer, sort of building block player when it came to the power forward position. Um, and of course, this is none other than Bob Pettit. So, you know, so of course, I have Bob Pettit at number seven, just because of his impact, because of his resume. Um, for you know, for that time, he was all star every single. Uh, you know, you know, of course, he, he was all star every single year of his career. Um, and of course, his career was cut short uh, because of an injury. And so, um, you know, you know, so, so, you know, so of course at that time, 
clearly they didn't have the same, you know, um, advanced medicine equipment and everything like that to, you know, to, uh, you know, to help players recover. So, uh, you know, so of course, you know, so, so of course, at, so of course at that time, you know, if, you know, if, um, you know, if, if, if he had a certain injury career was finished. So, um, you know, but with that said, with that said, I have Pettit at number seven at number six. Yeah, we're getting close to it. Um, you know, we get, you know, we're reaching the reach the halfway point of this top 10 list. And um, at number six, this guy, you know, of course, he has taken the NBA by storm recently. Um, you know, obviously, he's, he's obviously, obviously, um, you know, he's the leader of, you know, of, of this Milwaukee Bucks championship team last year, 2021. Had a phenomenal uh, series in, in the finals. Average like 35, 13, and five or something. Of course, capped off with with a sensational um, fifty point game in Game Six. You know, of course, I mentioned this in my top. You know, of, co- of course, in, um, in my greatest NBA Finals um, uh, episode. You know, if you will. And so, and, and, and of course, this guy is a six time NBA. Of course, like I say, he's an NBA champion from twenty twenty one. He's also the Finals MVP because of that legendary legendary performance. Like I said, he's NBA champion, Finals MVP, uh, two time league MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. He was, um, you know, of course, of course, of course he's also has, um, has an All Star Game MVP award, six time NBA All Star. Um, you know, you know, so 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 really, twenty twenty one was his flagship year because because he won the championship, he won the Finals MVP, and he also won the All Star Game MVP, all in that same season. You know, uh, you know, of course, you know, of course, excuse me, of course, to go along, like as as I said just now, a six time NBA All Star, he made, and of course, he made four All NBA first teams, four consecutive first teams from his from his first two MVP uh, seasons to his championship seasons to this past season where he was unanimously selected to the All-NBA first team. In fact, he had 100% of the votes, even more votes than Joker himself, who won the MVP award. Um, you know, I mean, so, 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 of course, he was also a two-time All-NBA second team member, um, a four-time All-Defensive first team member. Uh, you know, you know I mean, of, of, of course, he was also uh, named the most improved player most improved player in 2017. And he's also, of course, recently named named to the NBA's 75th anniversary team, rightfully so. This guy is certainly a future first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that I, I think I think at this point, um, his ticket is already locked in at, at this point. So, I, you know, so, so I would say, it, you know, uh, you know, of course, there's still room to grow. Don't get me wrong. But with the trajectory that his career is going, the trajectory that his career has gone thus far and is still advancing. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and he's, and the thing is he's, he's hitting more mountains, hitting more peaks, you know, his game is constantly evolving, constantly advancing. You know, this, this is a guy who took the Mamba mentality, the Mamba challenge and completed it. You know, he was successful in, in, in complete, in completing Kobe's, um, Kobe's, uh, Mamba challenge. So, you know, Co- you know, Kobe specifically left out, you know, laid out a challenge to, um, you know, to, you know, to, like, you know, two main things. To win the MVP and win the championship. When this guy won the MVP, Kobe said, "Congratulations! Now it's time to win a championship." A year after Kobe's gone, now he's got it. Now he's a champion, so he's checked off both boxes. Um, and of course, the guy that I'm referring to just so happened to be wearing his jersey, um, and none other than the Greek freak, the Greek freak himself, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so, like I said, you know, like you know, of course, Giannis is leaving a mark that you cannot. You know, there's no way that you can ignore um, how phenomenal this guy is and how phenomenal he continues to become. 
And so, um, you know, so, so I would certainly say that this is uh, his era to seize, even though Golden State just won a championship. But when it comes to upside, Giannis certainly has a bigger upside. And, um, you know, in fact, I even did a podcast episode. Um, you know, I, I, in fact, I, I even, um, I even did a, I even did a podcast episode about Giannis, um, you know, of course, um, of course, like two months ago, uh, called Heart of, Heart of a Champion. So even though the team lost, he still has a very optimistic outlook. So, um, you know, so, so I was just saying, you know, as long as he maintains that character, maintains that humility, maintains that competitive drive, you know, like he he shows what it takes to be a leader. And so as long as, you know, as long as time is on his side, longevity is on, on his side, He's certainly going to climb up even higher um, on this list with the way his trajectory is going. So he's an honorable mention for the fifth spot. So Giannis and number six, number five, an 11-time All-Star. Um, uh, you know, of, of course he's, you know, of course he's um, a Hall of Famer, you know, a member of the 50th and 75th anniversary teams. Um, you know, you know, of course he, you know, you know, of course this this guy is certainly has certainly become. Um, you know, one of the more controversial figures, if you will, in certain ways, um, you know, and his generation probably knows, probably knows him more for, uh, more, you know, more, more knows him just as much for his commentary as his basketball career, almost as much um, for his commentary, you know, as, you know, as, um, you know, as, um, as they know him for his basketball career. But like I said, this guy was sensate, you know, phenomenal. He was absolutely incredible. Once again, he was 11 time, 11 time NBA all-star. He was named to named to the All NBA First Team five times. He was a five time All NBA Second Team selection. He was also a All NBA Third Team selection. Of course, you know, of, you know, uh, sorry, you know, of course, of course, not only that, um, he was all he, he also led the league in rebounding. He was also an All Star Game MVP, uh, most famously a league MVP. He's also a two time um, he's also a, a two time gold medal win, gold medal winner as well. And I am referring to you know like the, none other than the round mound of rebound, Sir Charles Barkley, you know, and so um, oftentimes when you talk about Charles Barkley, you know, like the, the main thing, the main argument that you have um, in his case is just how he, how great he was um, during his prime slash peak, you know, but you can make that case for anybody. But, you know, like I said, you know, the thing about, the thing about Charles was just how unique, he, unique he was um, for him to be able to grab so many rebounds for a guy his height, constantly you know going up against guys um, much taller than him, much larger than him, and for him to fight for every single rebound, you know, and, and to play as hard um, to play as hard as he did, and you know, and, and just to have the type of intensity, just to have that you know sort of like bulldog intensity, if, if you will, and you know, and, and, ju- and just to constantly go for what was his, and you know, like I said, and, and, and just and just for him to have that gift of rebounding. Even for someone as undersized as he was, you know, constantly going up against, of course, like I said, not only Kevin McHale's, um, most famously his greatest rival, Carl Malone, you know, going up against him, your Dennis Rodman's, um, Chris Webber, so on and so forth, you know, anybody, anybody else um, that played that position. So, like, you know, so, you know, so, um, you know, so just, just in terms of, you know, like I said, you know, just in terms of just him being basically a unicorn in so many different ways. Um, so, I, you know, so for me, I would have to say that, you know, I, I, and of course, um, in his case, un- unfortunately, he ran into, you know, the, um, you know, of course, the red and black locomotive known as Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the NBA finals. And that was the only finals appearance that Barkley ever made. 
you know, and, and, and of course that season he was, he was named the league MVP in large, in large part because of the fact that, you know, this, and because of the fact there's so much, because of the fact that it was such a huge turnaround for him um, compared to where he was in the previous season with the 76ers missed the playoffs. And he was, you know, and, and of course at the time he was certainly demanding trade and, you know, and, and of course, and of course, of course, of course, let me slow down. Of course, during that summer of 92, um, you know, which is, you know, the same, same summer, where he won, you know, where he won with, you know, with, with the dream team. He was actually the leading scorer on that dream team, believe it or not. Um, you know, so, you know, so of course with, within, within that same time frame, um, he has, he, of course, within that same time frame, he ends up getting traded to the Phoenix Suns. And so the next season get, you know, he gets rejuvenated because he hasn't, you know, because, because of the fact that um, he has a change of scenery. And so he has a much better team around him. And, you know, and, and by that, even though I would have still picked Jordan to be the MVP, but that's whole nother story in and of itself, but still um, Barkley certainly made, made his presence known by winning that MVP. But, you know, but of course, um, you know, knowing how Jordan is the type of competitor competitor that he was and still is, you know, he certainly certainly took that personally as he, as he was saying the last dance and just lit into the Suns. Um, and, you know, so, so, you know, so of course, um, at, you know, so of course after that, Phoenix was still continue to be playoff contenders only, only, in, only instead of running to, you know, running into Jordan, they run into you know of course only time instead of running into Jordan again they'll end up running into um, you know run into Akeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets back to back years you know with, with the Rockets who would bounce them out um, you know so, you know so of course later on you know Barkley just you know feels like you know hey if you can't beat him why not join him so he goes to the Rockets um, you know of course we all know how that turns out whatever yada 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 um, you know but at the same time that still does not diminish or negate the impact and in, in the mark that he left on the game. So with that being said, Barkley for right now is still number five on my list when it comes to the greatest power forwards at number four. Now I feel like I'm reaching the Mount Rushmore. Um, you know what I mean? If, if you will, when it comes to the greatest uh, power forwards of all time and this guy, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, of course, of course, speak, you know, speaking of, you know, like, um, of course, speaking of Barkley, um, you know, this guy is another, you know, another, um, you know, an, you know, another another one of the more in, intense, uh, pl- you know, players in NBA history. And I have to say that, you know, that he even turns the dial up even higher than Barkley. I'll say it like this. And so um, his catalog, this guy's catalog reads as this. And, uh, you know, cor- you know, like I said, you know, this guy, this guy's catalog reads as this. He was a, um, he was the NBA champion in 2008. Of course, you know, of course, he was the uh, the NBA's MVP in 2004. He was a 15 time NBA All-Star. He's the All-Star game MVP. 2003 he was also a member of four all nba first teams three all nba second teams and two all nba third teams he was named defensive player of the year in 2008 he was in he was a member of nine all all, um, all defensive first teams and three all defensive second teams he's a four-time uh, rebounding champion he was a member of the nba 75th anniversary much you know just like barkley and um you know of, of, course, of course this guy j- just recently um went, went into the basketball hall of fame and it was, you know, and it was certainly one, you know, I would say it's certainly, um, you know, one of the more, you know, one of the more stacked Hall of Fame classes, and probably the the best that I've seen so far. Um, and you know, and, and like I said, you know, and the thing is, this guy, you know, um, you know, the, this this guy just screamed intensity. I'll say it like this. <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say, and of course, and of course, this guy, of course, this guy that I'm referring to. Um, was the face of the Minnesota Timberwolves, even still, even still is the standard for the Timberwolves, the greatest Timberwolf of all time, 
who else am I going to name none other than the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. And so I'll say it like this. Um, if DMX were a basketball player, he would have been Kevin Garnett, hands down. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, Garnett obviously does not have the same recognize, you know, same type of voice that DMX had. You know, he didn't have the same raspy voice or anything like that. But at the same time, just the type of energy that that he carried, you know, like I said, you know, the, the you know, like it just the fact that he was a guy that just gave it his all on every single play, um, in every single game. You know, like like I said, he just, he just maintained that that same energy all throughout. And and with the way that Garnett carried that Timberwolves Timberwolves team for twelve years, for twelve years, he left. His blood, sweat, and tears, and everything, and he carried them as far as he could go. And those were his best years, by the way. But it got to a point where Kevin McHale himself knew that this guy was too great to finish his career without a championship. So, what does he do? Orchestrates um, a trade, you know, you know, of, of, course, of course, for, um, for you know, for KG to you know to have a new change of scenery, and he. Um, Let's just say, you know, just say rewrites the story, you know, has has a whole uh, whole new I'll say it like this, um, you know, re- uh, rewrite rewrites the history of his career um, has, a you know, has a great second chapter this time. Um, of, of course, aligning with two other top 75 players, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, and of course, from jump, they certainly made their presence known. They were not going to be stopped. And of course, that first season, they end up winning the championship. Unfortunately, it was at the expense of my Los Angeles Lakers, and that was Kobe's only MVP season. And so, you know, so of course, the, but at the same time, it was something about the Celtics that could not be stopped. They had too much momentum on their side um, that season. They had too much to prove, and Garnett was the anchor for that. He was the central figure out of that, even though he did not win Finals MVP. But we all know collectively. Um, all across the board, who the better overall player was. This happens that that Pierce in that in that series um, had you know at least edged him out. But at the same time, you know, like I said, you know, when it comes to the more important uh, player, you know, I say when it comes to to me, the more the more important player um, of 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 that team at that time was certainly Kevin Garnett. And um, you know, what I mean, like it's it's just so much that could be said about KG. You know what I mean? You know, like I said, he, he like, and, and, th- and the thing about it is that um, with the way that he dominated in the era that he played in, when he had dance partners um, like Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, um, even Chris Webber, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that you know, like that, you know, and, and, and just, and just to, just to have that, you know, like just to have that deep sort of, you know, just to have a, a talent pool that deep and, you know, and, and for KG to stand out the way that he did, um, was certainly remarkable and and he's done enough more than enough to make himself to make himself known and recognized when it comes to the history of the NBA. So for that, Garnett is will always be in my Mount Rushmore um of power forwards, you know, until further notice, until um, you know, you know, at, at least until until otherwise. So uh at number um, of course at number three, two and three, much like I've much like how I've done with you know with any other lists. There's there's always going to be a point where you know that there's a certain you know certain like kind of like a point of contention you know I have to wrestle with certain picks and things like that but I realize that you know I still have to get you know just just throw it out there um, so at number three um, you know you know so, so I'll, I'll say it like this you know, for a long time this guy 
was considered the standard when it when it came to power forwards for a long time. This guy, you know, may, certainly made a case to be the greatest power forward of all time, at least until you know, um, at least until the big fundamental in San Antonio arrived and snatched that title away away from him. But um, you know, if, of course, recently LeBron James just just passed him on the NBA's all time scoring list, and so now this guy's third all time in scoring with thirty six thousand nine hundred twenty eight um, career points. And so, um, you know, so, so of course, at, at um, during it, during his time, this guy was was the blueprint, the standard. You know, like when when it came to power forwards, this guy was the per, the perennial best power forward of his generation. Um, and so, and it's, and, it's, and so his accolades are this: he's a two time NBA MVP. Um, you know, of course, and you know, I certainly say, you know, those MVPs, you know, have a certain, um, you know, certain uh, cloud of controversy surrounding, them, especially the first one. You know, um, and of course, he's a 14 time NBA All Star, two time All Star Game MVP, 11 time All NBA first team member, two time All NBA second team member. He was also named to the All, all NBA third team. He was a member, he was uh, all, part of the All NBA, uh, part of the All Defensive first team three times. He was on, on the All Defensive second team once. And so, um, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll say like this he's certainly um, the face of the Utah Jazz, like all, when it comes to all time. He is to the Jazz what Kevin Garnett was to. To the Timberwolves, um, you know the, the you know the, and this guy was you know was like I said you know the the, the perennial, um, you know perennial sort of franchise player, but um, especially you know especially when you look at when you look at the way the fans analyze the game even now, you know I would say that um, you know that there's there's certain things about his resume, about his legacy that come into question, um, primarily because of the fact that for most of his career. He had a transcendent um, all-time top 75 point guard feeding him the ball. So, you know, there's, you know, there's certain critics that look at that kind of sideways. Eh, really? Um, but I'll say, you know, the most controversial part about him, once again, as I said before, with, with those MVP awards, primarily, especially when it came to the 1997 MVP award. And this is, you know, certainly the, um, you know, I think this is certainly the part in the last dance where Jordan really took it personally. Um, and, you know, and taking a, and took it personally, he did. And, 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 of course, and of course, you know, of course, dashed, um, you know, dashed the hopes and dreams of, of the Utah jazz and the Utah and, um, and their fan base by destroying this team back to back seasons. And, th and then later on, um, he, you know, try, you know, at least try, you know, try for one last time to chase that ring and, and joined up with joined up with the 2004 Lakers at the time with Kobe Shaq and Gary Payton only for them, um, you know, only for them, only for them to get smoked. Uh, but, you know, of course, um, by the 2004 bad boy Pistons, four games to one. Um, and so, you know, like, it's, 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 you know, if, of course, um, as I've said, when, you know, as I've said, when it comes to controversy, this guy is certainly uh, no, no strange, no stranger to controversy. Um, if you don't believe me, just go ahead and just add, you know, if you don't, if you don't believe me, um, you know, if, I said, I said like this, this guy was certainly no stranger to controversy in, um, in other ways. If you don't believe me, um, just go ask uh, NBA Twitter, just go ask black Twitter about him. And, you know, yeah, you know, of course, you are, and of course, they'll certainly, certainly, certainly let you know, um, you know, certainly let you know how they feel about him. Um, and it's not in a very uh, endearing light, if you will. We just leave it at that. And the guy that I'm talking about, talking about, of course, with all this uh, anticipation, is none other than the mailman, Carl Malone. You know, and um, 
you know, and, and once again, another, let's say, you know, port, uh, point of controversy was when he famously knocked out Isaiah Thomas with the elbow and gave him like 40 to 44 stitches or something like that. Um, you know, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, so, so, so of course this guy, this guy was no stranger, um, when it came, when it came to, when it, when it came to aggressiveness, when it came to just, you know, just being, you know, being a trash talker, being, um, you know, tr a trash talker, uh, no, no stranger when it came to, you know, when it came to dirty play and all things like that. And so, um, you know, like, you know, like, like, I, like I said, it's, it's just that, it was kind of hard for, hard for me to hard for me to decide between between him and the number two pick, um, you know what I mean. And, and I think one one of the things that you know that hits me was just in terms of just the stamp on the game. I feel like Carmelo's stamp on the game is slowly starting to fade um, in several different ways, especially with with the way that with the way that the game is, is um, with the way that the game has constantly been transforming. Um, you know, and that, you know, that, that, and also with the skepticism that, you know, that, that so many fans have, you know, because, because his career has been so tightly linked to having somebody like John Stockton, um, you know, you know, like I said, you know, constantly, constantly dishing out the rock. Um, so, you know, so of course, like I said, not to belabor, I have, I have the mailman and number three and at number two, this guy was to the Dallas Mavericks what Carl Malone was to, you know, to the Utah Jazz, you know, what Garnett was to the Timberwolves, you know, Duncan to the Spurs, spoiler alert, um, you know, so, you know, so, so, so of course, um, I would have to say that, you know, at, at least with, within the past decade, he has had arguably probably the toughest road uh, to a championship in, in NBA history. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was certainly one, one of the greatest playoff runs outside of like Lajuan from 95. And during this 2011 run, um, this guy led his team to run through the Portland Trailblazers that were led by Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge. The back-to-back -back champion Lakers team led by Kobe, Pau Gasol, and, and, and company. You know, and not only did they beat the Lakers, but it was the way that they beat them in just convincing, dominated, unbelievable fashion. It was ridiculous. Um, and so, if, if, you, know, of, you know, of course, not only that, but also – with the way that they dispatched a young OKC team led by Kevin Durant, along with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you know, um, and, of, and of course, and of course, let me slow down. Of course, last but not least, uh, dismantling that Miami Heat team, you know, led by the big three of LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, in large part because of LeBron's meltdown, and so and so because of that, um, this you know that this guy certainly sees that window of opportunity and and just and, and just turned his game up. Past eleven, shout to Spinal Tap, but yeah, like I said, you know, the, the, you know, the, this this guy, you know, this, this guy was, you know, certainly um, a game changer. And when I say game changer, he he changed he changed the changed the game, especially when it came to, um, I say like this, I say like this, this this guy was a game changer because of how he revolutionized the stretch four when it come to when it came to power forwards. He was a revolutionary when it came to big men um, shooting more three pointers. When it came to when it, he was a re, re, revolution revolution revolutionized things especially when it came to let's say let's say like the modern day version of the NBA when especially especially when it comes to big men and and of course his, his signature shot is that his signature his signature shot is that um is that fadeaway with that one legged fadeaway and and of, and of course and of course recently his no, his number was number was retired by the Mavericks and and and, and sorry about that excuse me recently like you know, sorry about that let me slow down 
recently he had his number retired by the um, number retired by the Mavericks along with a statue as well. And so this guy, um, you know, you know, first career has over 30,000 career points, 31,560 to be exact. And his accolades are this. He's a two, 2011 NBA champion, along with being the finals MVP of that series. He was the NBA's MVP back in 2007. He's a 14-time NBA All-Star member of four All-NBA first teams, five All-NBA uh, All NBA second teams, a member of three All-NBA third teams. In 2007, the MVP season, he was named to the 50, 40, and 90 club. 50% from the floor, 40% from the three-point line, and 90% from the free uh, from the yeah, 90% from the free throw line. 50 percent from the floor, 40 from three, and 90, um, you know, of course, 90% from the free throw from the free throw line. Of course, of course, in 2006, he was an NBA three uh, three-point champion. Um, you know, you know, what I mean, so and of course, rightfully so, he was named to the to, to the NBA's 75th anniversary team. And, and of course, side note, I want to backtrack when it comes to Carl Malone. Uh, Carl Malone is also a member member of uh, member of two, uh, of two um, of two Olympic teams from 9296. But back to this one, um, you know, like like I said, you know, when 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 it comes to this guy, um, you know, it's it's just like I said, you know, just just the stamp, just the the overall stamp that, that he that he left on the game, and certainly what he, what he what he means to, to the Dallas Mavericks for him to deliver that championship was certainly certainly monumental and considering the this, the level of competition they that he had at that time you know what I mean and and, and like I said you know this you know this guy is certainly the this, this stuff of legend and he's gone toe to toe with the best from Duncan to Garnett and certainly held his own and of course I'm talking about none other than Dirk Nowitzki that is my number 2 power forward and the reason why I give him the edge over Carl Malone had a conversation with somebody earlier about this and um the reason why i give him the reason why i give him the edge was because of the fact that dirk showed that he that showed showed that he can dirk showed that he can dominate without having to without having to heavily rely on um you know on the top 75 point guard by his side for the majority of his career when steve nash left and went to phoenix you know, and became the player that he became. Dirk actually got better. You know, Dirk stepped his game up, you know, and, you know, amped his game up to a whole nother level to the point where even after, you know, even after Nash left, even after Nash left, Dirk was able to lead the Mavericks to the finals twice. First time they lost to the Heat, second time, you know, um, they, you know, sorry, sorry about that. Like I said, first time they lost to the Heat, um, the second time they won. So Dirk has won and won the finals. And this is after uh, Nash had left, you know, so for him, for him to do that without, you know, without needing the help of, a, you know, like, a, you know, without needing the help of one of the game's greatest point guards for most of his career. I think that's a separation right there for, you know, like, you know, for, for, for him to do the things that he did for, for him to dominate the, you know, for him to dominate the, the way that he did for him to, um, Beat his opponents, uh, sort of like off the dribble, and and lure them away, uh, lure his defenders um, away from the basket. Even though he was clearly not the greatest defender, even he would admit that. But what he lacked in defense, he made up for um, in other areas. He he made made up for when, when it came to his offensive dominance, when it came to his repertoire, if you will, when it came to his leadership, when it came to just bringing the best um, out of his teammates, you know, in so many different areas. 
So because so because of that, and once again, you know, just just how transcendent he was. Um, when it, you know, of course, when it when it, when it comes to three point shooting, you know, I mean, you know, like I say, he's a very monumental figure. Um, when it comes to like the modern uh, modern NBA uh, modern NBA fans, and and and, and really and really just, just the game itself um, in general now. So with that being said, Dirk Nowitzki is number two on my list, and number one, I think it's a no brainer. This guy is like head and shoulders above so many other guys that that I just named, with all due respect to them. But you know, like I said, his his resume just blows so many other players out the water. He's he's hands down, locked down, guaranteed top ten player of all time. And his resume reads as this. Um, you know, of course, of course, the resume reads as this. He was the first overall pick in the nineteen ninety seven NBA draft by the San Antonio Spurs. Um, at, at a time, you know, of course, certainly at, at a time that the Spurs needed rejuvenation, you know, because of Dave Roberts's back injury and everything like that. So, so, so they needed they need somebody to, you know, to, to bring new life uh, to, to this team and be the future that the Spurs needed. So, with that being said, he was, a, of course, you know, you know, sorry about that. Um, and you know, so, so, so of course, so of course, upon his arrival, him and Robinson formed the twin from the twin towers, you know? And so, um, you know, for his first six years from, uh, from this guy's first six years from, from 97 to 03, you know what I mean? And, and so on. Um, so it's certainly one, one, of the, one of the greater um, dynamic duos still in NBA history. But with all that being said, you know, here's accolades. He's a five time, five time NBA champion from 99, 03, 05, 07, and 2014. He's a five time NBA champion, three time finals MVP in 99, 2003, 2005, two time NBA, NBA uh, MVP from 2002 and 2003. He's a fifth time. I mean, sorry about that. A 15-time, 15 15-time 15 NBA All-Star. He's an All-Star Game MVP back in 2000. He was a 10-time All-NBA uh, first-team member, three-time All-NBA second-team member, two-time All-NBA third-team third member, eight-time, you know, he's a member, um, eight-time All-Defensive all first-team member, seven-time All-Defensive second-team member. Of course, he was the Rookie of the Year, obviously. And with that being said, I find it, I find that it's criminal that this guy never ever won a defensive player of the year as dominant as this dude was. Um, and so, you know, and, and so, um, you know, so, you know, so, so with, so with that being said, you know, like, you know, he's, he's forever the face of the San Antonio Spurs. He transformed the culture and um, obviously took the torch from David Robinson and formed his own legacy, you know, re rewrote Spurs history books, rewrote, you know, just transformed, Excuse me. You know, just completely, completely changed the face of the franchise, changed the culture, turned them into a dynasty. And this guy, you know, and you can make a, you can make a, make a, you know, you, cer you can certainly make an argument for this guy to be to, to, you know, like I said, you can make an argument for him to be the best player um, of that decade, arguably. You know, arguably, you know, other than Kobe and Shaq, you know, but you know, but at the same time, like I said, you know, with and and this guy was certainly the the standard of fundamentals to the point where Shaq even nicknamed him the Big Fundamental. And, you know, of course, that bank shot led him to five championships. And that, you know, of course, that bank shot led him to 26,496 uh, career points. You know, and of course, of course, I'm on the defensive side. He also has 15,091 rebounds. Um, you know what I mean? So, so this guy, you know, was, was just, like I said, you know, a consummate, um, you know, you know, like consummate professional, a guy who had dignity, dignity, a guy who had integrity. Um, you know, what I mean, he's the ultimate ambassador, if you will. And that is none other than 
the standard of power forwards, the greatest power forward of all time. It's this guy and everybody else. And that is none other than Tim Duncan. First Battle Hall of Famer, member of the NBA 75th anniversary team, a perennial top 10 player of all time. You know, and if Tim Duncan is not in your top 10, you really need to evaluate um, your knowledge of NBA history, if you will. You really need to reevaluate how much of the game that you truly know, because you cannot talk about NBA history and not talk about Tim Duncan. You know, um, I know people criticize his game because they consider it boring, but at the same time, it was effective. It was consistency. Tim Duncan was the model and standard of consistency. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, and so, and so because of him, the San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs became one of the NBA's greatest dynasties of all time. So with that being said, hands down, the GOAT of power forwards. Certainly, and, I ha- and of course, um, his jersey is, is certainly on my list of jerseys that I want to get next. But without question, number one, obviously, Tim Duncan. So that so so of course that that is my list of the greatest power forwards of all time. Thank you very much for watching. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe for more content. I also like to tell you about Anchor. It is an app that you can use to record your podcast for free. Anchor will distribute your podcast to different platforms from Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any, anywhere you want. All you have to do is go to Anchor for free. So I like to give some birthday shout outs. Of course, on July 6th, 50 Cent, 50 cent turned 47. Um, you know, of course, on on July seventh, WNBA legend and the and the greatest WNBA player of all time, Miss Lisa Leslie, turned fifty. Gospel singer Tasha Cobbs Leonard turned forty one. On you know, of course, uh, Beatles legend Ringo, Ringo Starr turned eighty two. On July 9th, movie legend Tom Hanks, movie icon Tom Hanks turned sixty six. Wrestling legend and Hall of Famer Kevin Nash turned sixty three. And of course, you know, of course, wrestling, of course. Uh, Indie wrestling superstar, Big Swole, turns 33. Before I go, I would like to give a word of wisdom. Discover the gifts that God has given you. No matter what your challenges are, remember that God has a plan for your life. You're victorious because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you put God in first place, you don't have to worry about being in last place. Make sure to listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes. Once again, I'm King Bond Jr. Thank you very much for listening.